Graham, I don't hate Tom Brady. Do you hate Tom Brady? Yeah, I hate Tom Brady. I definitely hate Tom Brady. You got a big dream board with like it's just got Tom Brady's head on it and arrows in it. Yeah. yeah. Because you're such a huge Bills fan, when was the last time you were this excited about a Buffalo Bills signal caller? I would say never. Never felt this optimistic at all. The future of the franchise is locked in. Let's talk Bills. I'm Graham, and once again, I'm here with Eric. How you doing, dude? Doing good, Graham. Got a lot to talk about today. Bills news that affects, you know, more than just the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, preseason football. Always happy when we can talk preseason football. Yep. I'm at the point where I'm over it, though. So one more game would be, that's fine by me. I'm glad we're down to just three preseason games. I can't imagine having to talk about four of them, which is what it was for our whole lives. But uh, one more, and then we're into the regular season. I'm weirdly getting more into the preseason the further along we get and the further along this Bills win streak gets, right? Like, the Baltimore Ravens have certainly set the bar now at 22 straight preseason wins. Um, but that just gives the Bills something to work towards, you know? So yeah, um, <laughs> yep, it's like, it's a big thing goals. that I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, it really is. I don't know. It's weird, but <laughs> I'm into it now. Started as it's a joke. and certainly now certainly interesting. I always check the Ravens preseason game score just to see if it's over yet. And they keep winning. Pretty wild. The weird thing about the Ravens is like they take it seriously. And I guess in seasons past, they have even put starters back in the game or like guys, you know, even even second on the depth chart back in the game late to ensure their wins. Um, but now they're just doing it without having to worry about it. And so it would be nice if the Bills can get to that point where their depth is so great, which I do believe it is, but where their depth is so great where they don't have to, you know, really try in these preseason games to come out on top. And that seems to be the deal with the Broncos and Bills from this past weekend. Yeah, this was a slaughter. (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, Ken Dorsey MVP. We're going to talk MVPs on defense and offense, but really it's it's Ken Dorsey this game. Before we get to the preseason game, we've got to talk Bills news. So earlier this week, and this completely flew under my radar somehow, the Bills made one of their classic pre-final cuts trades. Oh, it's a guy we talked a lot about, you know, before the preseason started and training camp was getting going. We said there are a few guys who you might see have a good camp, according to the media and according to what the Bills are saying, <laughs> right, yeah. so that they could pump them up to ship them out of town. And then you started to see all of that come to like come to fruition with Zach Moss. We said they've been saying great things about Zach Moss, but we actually got to see it in the first preseason game. He had couple really great runs and actually looked good same thing with um epineza aj epineza was another guy we talked about it's getting towards the end of his rookie deal so they might be looking to get something for him if he doesn't develop and then cody ford was another guy that we said this could happen to sure enough bills put together a nice trade package and he is now arizona's problem Uh, and in exchange they got a fifth round draft pick for him so i guess my question for you is is this another wyatt teller situation that we should be concerned about for the future a Ugh. black mark on the bills for getting rid of what will become a superstar offensive lineman for some other team 
That is a good question. It's always a little bit worrisome to get rid of a guy who came into the league being viewed as having a lot of talent. I mean, they tried him out at right tackle. They tried him out at left guard, right guard. It didn't work out. And so maybe, I think, not maybe, but definitely at this point, it was just best for everybody involved to move on. And it's different from Wyatt Teller in the sense that they only saw Wyatt Teller for a short amount of time before they made their decision, right? They've given Cody Ford, however, many, many chances, and it just never came to be in Buffalo. So for me, it's not really a a Wyatt Teller, like a one-for-one comparison. What do you think? Yeah, I I don't think that this is going to look bad on the Bills. Um, They they took a swing at Wyatt Teller, didn't know what they had in him, and traded him away, and that is like probably the biggest mistake I've say I would say this this organization has made in terms of not correctly evaluating their draft talent but the second biggest mistake might be Cody Ford and they're just trying to make amends for that here getting a fifth round draft pick for him obviously he was a second round pick so you'd like to see him be more valuable than that but it's good to get something for a guy who clearly isn't going to make the roster or make an impact on this team and it's just time to to move on so I'm glad that that the Cody Ford issue is over with. Right. The other news from around the league, you also brought this onto my radar. It's involving a big name free agent at the wide receiver position. You've told me that this certain wide receiver is now being favorited to go to the bills, if not returning to his last, his team from last season. I don't like it. I don't need to see him on the team, but uh, who is that receiver, Graham? Yeah, it's Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I, I'm not an Odell fan. Obviously, he has been a superstar talent, especially with the Giants. And then things didn't work out in Cleveland. He ended up winning the Super Bowl with the Rams, but tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. And his contract expired immediately after that. So now everybody wants to know, okay, is he going to re-sign with the Rams? Is he going to come back? But he really could go anywhere. Problem is, he's still recovering from an ACL tear. So he probably wouldn't be on a roster and ready to do anything until November. But... We're getting to the point where teams are going to start to try to sign him and, uh, you know, rehab him to get him going. Obviously, if you had Odell at full strength, that's a talent that the Bills roster would love to have to provide some depth. Right. I just don't like Odell Beckham Jr. I just think he's a cocky jerk and I don't think you need that. A lot of people seem to think that doesn't matter. They've got a good culture in Buffalo. So, you know, put him on the bench behind Diggs and Davis and McKenzie and let him just be there if someone goes down and gets hurt. And I did hear the point made that, you know, some people thought, well, there's no way Odell would put up with that. He would never sign on to not be the top one or two receiver. But if you look when the Rams signed him last year, they signed him. And the next day, Robert Woods tore his ACL. So he actually signed with the Rams knowing he would be behind Robert Woods, Cooper cup, and wasn't going to be the featured guy. So it is, possible that he's at a point in his career where he's mature enough to be able to say I'm not the number one guy I'm just here to to do my part and help out um, but in general I'm sort of with you on your initial take I just don't like it send that drama somewhere else let the bills work with what they've got even though he is talented right yeah there's no doubting the talent of Odell Beckham I mean even in the Super Bowl after having not the greatest regular season he was showing out in the Super Bowl man he probably would have ended up as MVP Uh, if he had kept going at the torrid pace that he began that game. I like the Bills wide receiver room at the moment. 
Uh, as you said, he's probably Odell not going to be a contributor until November if we're being optimistic. And I think it makes more sense from his perspective to just return to the team that had him last season. You know the system. They know you. You can chill out in L.A. and rehab with the team before you're ready to go. Yeah. So I yeah. just think it makes more sense for him to return there. I've always <clears throat> thought, and I, I don't think it was me that initially came up with this idea. I think my dad is the one who put this on my radar that like when everything's hunky dory, your receivers are happy, the players are having a good time, and that's the image you have of the Bills right now. Like, look how, look how close they are as friends, and they play video games and pranks mm-hmm. on each other, and it's just such a great time. Everybody's loving it, you know. But the yeah. minute things aren't perfect. I could see guys, certain guys on the Bills roster starting to get a little irritable and tough to keep happy. And one of those guys is Stefan Diggs. I think he is a prima donna who, if things weren't perfect, would become an issue and not this happy-go-lucky guy that the media makes him out to be. So you put a guy like Odell on the team who is that same personality. He's like that, too. And they start fighting over targets or, you know, who's more established, who deserves this or that. If you go on a losing streak or things don't work out the way they're supposed to, you could have a whole lot of drama. And I just think it's best to have Diggs be the only guy where you're really worried about that in the locker room and not have two of them uh, who are potential character concerns. Right. And I believe we talked about this at some point last season. I think it was Stefan Diggs himself who said, yeah, I was a bad teammate in Minnesota. Like when things weren't going well, I wanted to get out of there and I didn't care who knew and, and how I made it known. So certainly uh, if Stefan Diggs had to split production and maybe not be as productive as he would like because of a presence like Odell Beckham, that could get a little bit uh, tricky. The other thing is like Gabe Davis, man, this is the season. Everybody's predicting him to break out and I'm sure he's hoping the same for himself, right? Without a doubt. So if that doesn't come to fruition, you got to imagine a talent like Gabe Davis becoming disappointed. He's also in the last season, I believe, of his rookie deal. Is that right? I thought he was maybe in year three. Is he entering year three or is he entering year four? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. He and Isaiah Hodgins are in year three now, I think. Yep, um, you're right. You're right. So they got a little bit of time with him. But um, I think it's also important to mention that the reason that this rumor is out there is because Von Miller has been recruiting him heavily on Twitter. It's like all over the media. Von Miller's trying to get Odell to come. And that that means something, right? Because Von Miller played on a roster with him. Granted, it was a Super Bowl winning team. So there probably wasn't a lot of, you know, misery and sadness in that locker room. Not a lot of opportunity for Odell to become a character issue. But it is a guy who knows him and was on a team with him for half of a season and wants him to be a part of this roster. So. I think that is meaningful, um, but could I be convinced otherwise? Sure. If he's on the team, I'll probably be excited about it and be looking forward to the talent. I'm not convinced that Vaughn Miller is like, oh yeah, Odell's a great teammate and that's why I want him here in Buffalo. They're just friends, you know, like they hang out outside the game of football and that's that's the reason he wants to bring in Odell. So when all these players are talking about, yeah, I want to bring this guy in, I want to bring that guy in, it's not necessarily like I look at it from a team perspective and this dude would be a great fit here. It's just like I want to I want to ball with my bros, you know? Yeah. So nothing on that front really, no real news, but we'll keep an eye on it. Should we uh... – oh, also, cuts. You want to get into uh, some of the cuts the Bills made this week? They cut down to 80 this week, yeah? 
they had to get down to 80 by yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think the trade did that um, because they got rid of Tavon Austin and Matt Hack. That punt battle is finally over. We said yeah. that, uh, you know, by this week, we probably wouldn't have two punters anymore. And sure enough, they're going with the punt god. Matt Ariza will be the Bills punter this season. So um, looking forward to exciting punts back. It's like when Brian Morbin was on the team. You got excited know, when man. the Bills punted. <laughs> and now there will be something to look at. The legacy of Brian Morbin as a uh, Buffalo Bill is, in my mind, not tainted, but just like the indelible impression on my memory is him getting blown up at the pro bowl by mm, uh, right. Sean Taylor. That's right. Great Sean Taylor. Yeah. Oh man. Imagine a pro bowl where players are going so hard that punters are getting <laughs> blasted. Know. That's just such the different situation I from know. now. I know. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But as you said, uh, Matt hack, the bill said goodbye to Matt hack and Tavon Austin, who we were basically, you know, writing his obituary, as a Buffalo Bills player last week anyway, talking about how he did not or didn't look to have a role on this team. Yeah, I think some people thought he might challenge for a slot role or some return yards, but little injury issues in camp and just, you know, he's older. It never even never even came to uh, to mean anything. He just, I'm surprised he survived first cuts, honestly, because we never heard anything good about him. But, you know, they tried. Didn't work out. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, of course, these cuts were made following the latest preseason game where the Bills triumphed over the Denver Broncos 42 to 15. I don't think either of us saw that. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's it's great news. Nobody got hurt. That's the best part about it, dude. That's the thing in terms of injuries and stuff. All you're hearing out of New York is that the Jets are either reshuffling their line or worried about Zach Wilson, right? And all this other stuff. The Patriots just lost a couple players for the season, including their second round pick at wide receiver, I believe. Well, could be a season ending injury with his collarbone injury, but damn, man, these bills, they've been pretty healthy so far. So let's just count our blessings in that respect. Yeah. Um, The first drive was, you know, and in the last episode we said, Ideal situation, Josh Allen and the first team offense go out there and they score quick and they pull them off the field. That is exactly what happened. So they flew down the field. Josh is three for three, a touchdown. He provides a highlight reel touchdown throw that's all over ESPN and only one series of play. And then they yanked him and he finishes the game with a perfect passer rating and no injuries. So best case scenario there, I would say. (laughs) Absolutely. Did it surprise you to see the wide receivers in for a little bit longer there? Yes, it did, but I'm glad they did do that in hindsight because it gave everybody an opportunity to see that Case Keenum maybe was worth a draft pick in their trade and uh, that he could get the job done with the tools that he needs to succeed. So maybe that first preseason game, there's a little bit of rust, uh, new new offense he's working with, and by the way, he's playing with second-team offensive linemen and receivers. In this game, you get to see him with a starting offensive line with their top receivers, and he was just surgical down the field. I think three touchdowns for Case Keenum in the starting offense other than Allen. So pretty exciting. Well, three touchdowns for the offense, but I think he had one touchdown pass. Yeah, he led three touchdown drives. Yeah. Yeah, man. Case Keenum. I was a week late on my MVP call with him. (sighs) But what are you going to do? I would say... For offensive MVP, it's certainly between Case Keenum. 
I feel like Duke Johnson needs to be not Duke Johnson had a great game, great second half, uh, average over six yards a carry and had two touchdowns on the ground, I believe, but it was against, you know, a bunch of, uh, late game scrubs too. So I believe that knocks down his, uh, point value a little bit in terms of this MVP running. What did you think? Yeah, I, I am kind of thinking about him sort of the way I think about Raheem Blackshear. Like, it's very exciting to see him do fun stuff and run around and make great plays. But at the end of the day, if you're playing in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, it's probably not significant. There's a short list of guys who have impressed in the fourth quarter of a preseason game and turned out to be talented NFL players, I would say. So um, I'm, I'm not ready to think that he's going to be on this team even but um good for him for playing well on defense graham who did you like it was interesting because the defense was incredible Uh, at one point the bills had only given up nine points and it was like going into the fourth quarter but it wasn't like the previous week where you saw picks and fumble recoveries and everything like that they were just shutting down the broncos offense and you, maybe it's a game where you look at the stat sheet or the pro football focus position grades or things like that. But I do have to advocate for my pick. I had Balen Specter as the defensive MVP and um, led the team in tackles. So maybe, that, maybe that's what we go with here. Yeah, Balen Specter certainly stuffed stat sheet this week, leading the team with eight total tackles or something like that. I mm-hmm. think Eli Anku had a nice sack, but uh, it was the one play. So you can't really give it to him based off of one play. Although I think we did that last week with Terrell Bernard. But yeah, I, I'd be willing to say that you win with the Balen Specter pick. On the other hand, I was surprised to see how ineffectual Josh Johnson looks, man. The dude's like old at this point. He's seemingly played with like half the teams in the league and another half of the football leagues that have been in existence since he first came into professional football. And I just figured at this point he'd be an old hat at the preseason and pick apart people, but he's had a second straight mediocre showing in the preseason. That is on my radar. Yep. Another one of those. Oh, that's where he went. I, that's the fun of the preseason game. <laughs> yeah, wait, right. wait till the starters are out and then have one of those epiphanies where you remember, ah, oh, yeah, I saw him in like a Monday night football game six years ago and he's still <laughs> hanging around, huh? So yeah, yep. Yeah. It's, it's not an impressive showing for the Broncos. They were going up against starters for a while, but, you know, for a team that's expected to really improve, they didn't give their fans anything to get excited about in this game, I would say. And their coach, former Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, I believe, apologized to Broncos fans after, or the, even the city of Denver, maybe. Oh, my goodness. No loss. one should he apologize took it, yeah. for a preseason game ever. He's he's <laughs> a bit of a different guy. I don't know if you saw the stuff that was going on in the offseason when he got hired, but he had some interesting press conferences. We'll just leave it at that. So, yeah, nothing but good news, basically, out of this uh, Buffalo Bills preseason win. Not only did they look great on offense and shut down the opposing offense, but they also broke their head coach and forced him to give a public apology for his team's performance. So great stuff all around. Um, Anything else to mention? We should talk offense really quickly. If you had to say who had a more impressive game, Jameson Crowder or Khalil Shakir, baby legs Shakir, who would you (laughs) say? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think I still got to give this to you again. Yeah, Khalil Shakir, he had one more catch than Jameson Crowder did, but... The other thing is that he's a rookie, right? 
just like what I expected out of Josh Johnson, Jamison Crowder is a veteran. He should be dominating in preseason football, especially if he's playing against or in into the late game stages. But Khalil Shakir's a rookie, and he's making it look pretty pretty normal out there for him to be catching balls, making moves, and so I love to see it. It's important to note. I, I know we don't don't have to put a ton of stock in Pro Football Focus grades, but um, through the two, first two games of the preseason, Steph Diggs is the highest rated receiver on the team, even with his little bit of play that he had. Khalil Shakir mm-hmm. is number two of all the wide receivers. Anyone who's caught a pass for the Bills, he's graded second highest of all Bills receivers. For you know, and they take into account positionally how he's winning on his routes, even when. The ball's not thrown his way, and if he's making contested catches, Mm -hmm. and how likely is he to fumble? Even if he doesn't, did it look like there was a little bit of a wiggle? He's doing great. He's second most effective as far as preseason games go. So he's cementing himself on this roster, starting to become um, a part of the conversation for who's your receiver for. Uh, But I think... I like giving it to Shakir here, although it was nice to see Crowder bounce back with a couple of nice catches and um, that consistency that we thought we would see with him. Absolutely. With win number 10 in the bag, we can look forward to next week where the Bills face the Carolina Panthers in the preseason finale. And I don't know, has there been any announcement about how long the starters would play in this game? Uh, I did see that Josh will not play. That is official news per the Buffalo Bills. Um, According to Sean McDermott, he said most starters will sit and Josh Allen will sit in this final game. So I love that. And when you say most starters, I think maybe that's referring to um, the secondary because you don't have Poyer and Hyde at full strength. So you probably want to mix in those backups a little bit. And then the offensive line is still a work in progress. So you probably want to give Spencer Brown a chance to sharpen up before the first game and things like that. But I wouldn't expect to see Diggs, Davis. Uh, Josh obviously won't be out there. I think Singletary maybe even won't play because we're getting to the point where if there's an injury in this game, that means they won't play for the first game of the season. So let's stay super healthy. Let the guys battling for a roster spot, you know, get as much play as possible in this game. For that reason as well. So, yes, we've got Carolina coming up. Um, Carolina is an interesting team for a lot of reasons. They just announced Baker Mayfield as their week one starting quarterback. And that will, of course, pit Baker Mayfield against the team that chose him first overall in the same draft where the Bills selected Josh Allen. So uh, the game's going to be Cleveland coming to Carolina and Baker's going to have a chance to beat up on his old team. But before then, we get to watch Baker face these Bills, I think at least. I don't think that he's not going to play. It sounds like he's the favorite to be the starter right now. I, I saw an article that was like, you know, what do you think uh, Sam Darnold's take on Baker being named the starter, or being favorited for being the starter, you know? So if that's the case, maybe they don't play him to make sure that he's ready to go for that first game against Cleveland. Um, but I, if I'm the Panthers, I think we need to get to work here, and it's probably time to see both of those quarterbacks in action in this game. Yeah, I, I think even even with the announcement that he's going to be week one starting quarterback, they're still going to want to see or give him as much time as possible, You know, being with a new team and everything, to feel as comfortable as possible before these games start to mean something. On the other hand, you got Sam Darnold, who 
former third overall pick, now with his second team and looking like he's on the fast track for NFL backup QB for the rest of his career. Man, I wanted Sam Darnold to be the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills in that 2017 or 2018 draft. Really? Oh, that's who I wanted. I don't remember that? Yeah, I I don't know anything clearly, but um, you know all those quarterbacks. <laughs> it's like when my brother wanted Matt Liner, another USC quarterback. Oh yeah, I I wanted Vince yeah. Young too that year. Um, so yeah, well, it would have made some boring Bills teams a little more interesting. That's, that's true. Sure. At that time, it was just like let's get something fun to watch. Um. But yeah, I wanted Darnold. Darnold was off the board at three to the Jets. And then after that, I was like, all right, well, let's get Josh Rosen then, because I certainly don't want this Wyoming kid or Lamar Jackson. Let's just make sure we end up with, uh, you know, Josh Rosen here. So I don't know anything. Um, But clearly, Sam Darnold has not panned out. And it could just be the ineffective management of the New York Jets that broke him. But, you know, the Panthers aren't finding success with him either. Last year, there was a little bit of a flash in the pan where they thought maybe he'll be um, able to turn it around. And then he was kind of miserable for the second half of the season with them. I think he's kind of done. He's just going to end up being one of those backup quarterbacks that you see in a preseason game in five years. And you remember that he was a starting quarterback at one point. Yeah, man. It's kind of sad how quickly things change for these guys whose future seems so bright coming into the league. It's just so clear that there's no way to know. <laughs> there's no way. And, and it's like all about your organization from the top down. This is what I've realized as my fandom has you know been able to progress to actually pulling for a good team it's not about picking the right players in the draft it's about having a management system in place good general manager great coaching staff consistency a culture i think is meaningful here everybody makes fun of the teams who want good culture i think it matters if you've got all that in place you can draft just talented guys and it's going to work out and you're you're only going to have a miss once in a while you're going to have the cody fords occasionally um but for the most part, just develop good talent and it'll work out. If you pick a guy who had a great college season, his senior year, that doesn't mean anything if you have the New York Jets organization planning to develop this guy. So um, I just think the Bills are in a position where whoever they pick, it's probably going to work out pretty well. And most organizations are not. So that's what you get. You get guys just really hoping they go to a good organization in the draft. Well, the Carolina Panthers are like the perfect team to show that because their next two weeks this week against Buffalo, they're going to be playing a team, as you said, that shows kind of the model for how to draft and develop and, and bring about a culture that helps you to build a real contender. And then they themselves have had a lot of transition lately and, and just kind of throwing a ton of darts at the wall and seeing what sticks. And then in week one, as I said, they're going to be playing the Cleveland Browns, another team that's just been an absolute dumpster fire. And the Cleveland Browns employ that other first-round quarterback that you mentioned, Josh Rosen. I believe he's third string now in Cleveland, and he's got a job for now. We'll see if he's with the Cleveland Browns by the time it comes to week one. But really, like between Darnold, Mayfield, and Rosen, and Allen this week, it shows you what a crapshoot the NFL can really be in the draft itself. For sure. Want to get into some uh, MVP predictions for this game? Not a lot of starters, so it's a chance for some players to shine. Yeah, man. Uh, I think you picked first last time, so maybe I... I'm really hurting. I don't think it it matters if I pick first or last. I apparently suck at this. Yeah, I think I'm just um, better at arguing for my picks than you are. You seem to just (laughs) be willing to let me have it. (laughs) I mean... 
there's not much I can say, right? Uh, especially with defense. Uh, Kair Elam didn't even appear on the stat sheet where his Balen Specter stuff. That's it, true. So I think there's an argument to be made that that's maybe that. good. That if he was, you know, invisible, maybe that means he was just blanket coverage. Shut down his team. Yeah, yeah maybe. Anyway, um, I am going to make my offensive MVP for this game, Isaiah Hodgins, because they're going to sit all their starters. Ooh. It's going to be an opportunity for roster bubble guys to show up big, and he's played well through the first two preseason games. So this is a chance for him to make a statement and say, I can do this for three games, and I can be that last receiver that makes this roster. So um, I'm picking him. Solid pick, solid pick. He definitely came down, back down to earth a little bit in preseason game number two. Uh, but I like what he represents. He 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 moves the chains, man, and that's what matters. Uh, and as long as you can be consistent in doing that, I think he definitely has a spot on this team. But I'm going to go back to the running game for my MVP and actually take Raheem Blackshear, who looked good this game. I sort of saw the hype that everybody was talking about from the first preseason game this past week, and I really liked it. So I'm going to say he's going to get a ton of playing time. I don't think that the Bills will risk leaving uh, James Cook or Zach Moss out there in addition to what you've already said about Devin Singletary, probably not playing in this game as well. So I think Raheem's going to get a ton of opportunities and look good doing it. He is my offensive MVP. Good call. He probably will have a big day. Moving to defense now. I'm going to go with Nick McLeod. Oh, nice call. I want to see him, you know, in, in a, he's really like battling for a spot because he's neither a cornerback nor a safety really at this point. They're trying him out at safety, but he's certainly well behind Jaquan Johnson and DeMar Hamlin. So he's really going to be in a in crunch time here trying to show out before these final cuts. So I'm going to give it to Nick. Nice. I think of him sort of in the same conversation with Cam Lewis. They're guys that are like a depth safety and could fill in at corner if you need to. Cam Lewis obviously has done that for the Bills over the past couple of years. But you know, they're not going to keep six safeties. So you're going to have Hayden Poyer. You're going to have Jaquan Johnson and DeMar Hamlin. And then you may have one of those two as your flexible secondary guy who could swing back and forth depending on where he's needed based on injury. So I like that call. Obviously, they're both talented, but I've heard, you know, that there's been a little inconsistency from Nick McLeod, which I didn't expect because I actually had him making my roster coming into camp. Um, but hopefully he can turn it around and have a big game here. I'm going to go with a guy who everyone knows is going to make the team or everyone seems to think he's going to make the team, but he's looking at being like a healthy scratch on like a game to game basis because you don't need five defensive ends playing. So this is an opportunity for him Mm -hmm. to put together some awesome game tape and dominate some teams third string offense or second stringers. Uh, So I'm going to take Shaq loss and I think he's going to have a big game and show everybody why he deserves to be on the team and to be active occasionally. Hey, do you think there's a chance Shaq Lawson gets traded? I would have said that, but I don't think the Bills are going to make two of those moves. And he is good depth to have. If you get rid of him, then your defensive ends are just Von Miller and your three draft picks. And that's a lot of youth. You don't have a lot of established you know, history there at the position. It's nice to know that even though he's not as talented as Boogie or Greg Rousseau or Epineza, He's done it. He's done the job. So he could fill in and do what he's supposed to do and not be a liability in certain situations. So I think his value is more than just maybe he could get some sacks. I think it's like it's nice to have a guy at the top of that depth chart who's super talented and has been there and done that. And it's nice to have a guy at the bottom of the depth chart sandwiching all those rookies 
and helping them develop. Good point. I just, for some reason, I don't think that the bills are done with maybe trying to make some more moves before cut down day. We mentioned last week, maybe that could be a possibility for OJ Howard, who did have a touchdown catch last game. Looked good doing it too. Looked quick, getting open and making a nice catch for a seven yard touchdown. But uh, I think he could be a candidate for one of those sort of last minute trades before cut down day. But um, I also considered maybe Shaq Lawson. It's possible because through two games, I'm just looking at some of his numbers here. He's played 31 snaps, Shaq, which is a lot for a, a potential, you know, roster player. Um, but he's the highest graded pass rusher on this Bills uh, defense through two preseason games. So he's had a great preseason in terms of the pressure that he's putting on quarterbacks. So that does, you know, put some good game tape together if they want to move him. But I think he's more valuable on this roster than not. Okay, so I've got Raheem Blackshear and uh, Nick McLeod. You've got Isaiah Hodgins and Shaq Lawson. Yeah, I think Hodgins is going to make this team. I've thought it at the beginning, and he's played well. I think that it's going to come at the expense of someone like Marquez Stevenson, unless they do that whole IR stash or something like that. But uh, yeah, I think Isaiah has definitely shown a lot this preseason. Yep, I think it's the top four receivers, and Crowder, I think, is on this team. And then, you know, Khalil Shakir and Isaiah Hodgins are like your fifth and sixth receivers there it seems to me to be pretty clear um what's your score prediction from this for this game coming up i'm seeing a lot of scoring i'm seeing the bills go to 11 and 0 and i'm gonna say 34 to we'll make it a close 34 31 i'm gonna pick a 21 21 tie that the bills break okay So that's pretty much all we got to talk about then today. We're going to keep it nice and tight before this final preseason game. Uh, When we come back next week, we will have more to talk about, obviously, leading into the season opener. Anything else to mention, Graham? No, let's uh, get through this preseason healthy and uh, can't wait to start talking about some real football games soon. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go Bills. Go Bills. (laughs) 